Now this goes out to all of my beautiful people. I'm Jay Star, you know it's nice to meet ya. 745 a.m. Catch me on the morning meetup. Hosted by David Shane's. Those announcements were way better. You should have heard some of the stuff I was talking about on these announcements. It was just horrific, not clear. <laughs> so, uh, Brent, thank you so much for being such a valuable member of the community. Um, I, I always look forward to like starting our day off like that. Okay, so listen, today, today, um, y'all do understand like the theme for the month, right? Like entrepreneurs should be happy and healthy. Entrepreneurs should be happy and healthy. So a lot of people, you might've came in thinking, that we're going to teach you how to make money. And you you would be right, okay? But the best way to make money isn't necessarily to make money. The best way of making money isn't even like learning how to make money. I believe the best way of making money is to learn about who you are, what your tendencies are, how to feel good about yourself. And, you know, maybe I got to stop doing these intros because I don't want to start... Uh, start uh, speaking on uh, people's presentations and stuff. Um, but we have one of the best in the world who can not only teach you how to get to the bag, but how to improve your thinking, how to feel better as a human, how to improve your confidence. I've never, ever, ever had a conversation with this gentleman and left not feeling super empowered every single time and learning something. A light bulb goes off every time I talk to him. I need y'all to start clapping silently behind the mute button for Mr. Marcus. Why? Don't forget the why. Rosier, what's up, bro? My man, 100 grand. Listen, it's great to be invited even better when they invite you back, man. I think this is round three, so I appreciate you, bro. Is that Please. water in your background? Hey, man, I'm in Miami, man. Where you at? Yo, first, okay. <laughs> a part of, okay, I see. You went to Miami to show people what it looks like to self-care. Right, and then he was like, "All right, I'm gonna do the call." Yeah, with the water in the background, so y'all know what's that. I see you. I was <laughs> like, you know, it's all a part of it. It's all a part of it. <laughs> well, look, man, I I don't want to I don't want to get in the way and rob people of time. Um, but the floor is yours, my brother. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. Oh man, I honor you. So let's let's do this, people. I I get the I get the blessed privilege. I feel like God don't bless me, spoil me, man. I get an opportunity to help people make money online. So strategically, what we do. We literally, I had an idea to come up with something like Walmart. I asked myself the question, what's the one thing you can get from Walmart? I came up with a house and a car. But once you get the house and the car, they provide everything. So I built a business model around that. Come with an idea, leave with a business. We do course creation, funnels, copywriting, ads. It's a whole thing, but you got to come with the idea. Now, that's the blessing of it. But what I've learned is, most people want to jump to ads, want to jump to funnels, want to jump to copy, want to jump to course creation, but they don't realize that the internet works by what I call the mirror effect. All you're doing when you're creating content, when you're coming up with ideas, is standing in the mirror of your own belief. And most people don't realize that they are reflecting the image of someone else because they don't know who they are yet. So you cannot build a business bigger than you build yourself. So you got people who have indoctrinated themselves with someone else's message that jump to create a course before they have clarity of what they look like in the mirror effect of social media. You stand, you look at a phone, you look at a camera, you look at a screen, you look at a Zoom, and if you don't like what you see in the mirror, you're gonna find yourself not being able to resonate. That's why your ads either convert or don't convert, how natural you are. So here's what I wanna do. I'm gonna float this concept 
I'm gonna float this. I'm gonna float this concept to you, and we're gonna unpack it. And y'all gotta blame. I think her name is Ariel. I think it is Young. I remember she was saying, I heard something about a math problem and the mindset of entrepreneurship. And I was like, all right, let's just go in that direction. <laughs> all right. So let, let's do that. We're going we're gonna to remix everything I was going to share today. So I'm going to float this concept that I'm going to call the entrepreneur GPA. The entrepreneur GPA. The entrepreneur GPA. Let's, let's dig into that. The entrepreneur GPA. And I normally never talk say what I'm going to talk about, but that's, that's going to be our framework. All right. Let's, let's get it. So here, here's what we're going to start with. Wrong questions always equal wrong answers. Wrong questions always equal wrong answers. Say it one more time, wrong questions always equal wrong answers. Wrong questions always equal wrong answers. Now, what I mean by that? First question people normally ask is, what do I do for a living? Or when somebody meets you in a setting or networking, especially if like yesterday, or I was in Mexico and all I hear is, so what do you do? <laughs> right? Right. So wrong questions always equal wrong answers because people always ask us what we do. We focus our attention on chasing and pursuing to come up with a great answer to what do you do? In the attempt to have a great answer for what you do, we lose sight of the most important question. Who am I? Wrong questions go always equal wrong answers. So we identify with being a career. We identify with being three digits known as a credit score, six, seven, eight digits known as the income we make. And we move further and further and further away from who we are. You follow me? Wrong question always equals wrong answer. So if the question I ask is, how much do I want to make? That's a great question, but it's the wrong question and in the wrong order. Because long before you figure out, here's what I always find in business. You, you're going to bug out on this, Jen. People always talk about what they want to sell. So it's the wrong question. They always talk about their income goal, what they want to make. Hey, I want to sell my ebook. I want to make $10,000 a month. That's, not, that's what I hear more than anything. I want to sell my course, I want to make $10,000 a month. But they missed this critical question of how to sell it. So they invest money in websites and in flyers. The, if you, most business owners, if you look at their, what they spend money on, they spend the least amount of money on marketing, but marketing answers the questions of how do I sell it? So everybody thinks about what to sell, how much I want to make, but they never think about how to sell it. I even know music artists who do videos, they do press kits, but they never invest in marketing, which is how you actually sell it. The same thing happens with life. People ask wrong questions and come up with wrong answers and live this lie or this, or this expression of life. And that's, that's what I want to unpack. All right, all right, I've, I've, I've bored you long enough. So kick this, preep this. Anybody remember school and you, you, had, you had four different type of tests, right? You sitting in there and you walked in you're like, bam, okay, true or false. Okay, 50-50 chance. I, I didn't study, I didn't read it, but I know 50-50. All right, uh, come on, you know, true or false. Everybody remember? True or false, you like 50-50 chance, I'm gonna get it right. Then you had multiple choice. That was the second type of test. And you, multiple choice was like rolling dice on Harlem nights. Come on, six with your stanking self. <laughs> Baby needs some shoes. Wife needs some clothes. And you need some teeth. <laughs> right? It was you were shooting dice with that multiple with that multiple choice. You like okay, I'm, I'm gonna just figure this out. Then that third one, this that one that if you had the gift of gab, you won. Essays. You could you could overhear the teacher. You could hear just enough information. You didn't quite know the answer, but you could like insert something she said with just a whole bunch of fluff. Who, who was that? Y'all, if y'all was anything like me, I had the gift of gab. I didn't read nothing, right? Essays. Oh, but that fourth test, that fourth test is the hardest. That fourth test, fill in the blank. You either know it or you don't. 
<laughs> That's the hardest test. You either know it or you don't, which leads me to, now y'all know I ain't here to talk about tests, which leads me to this. This is what life is for all of us. Life is a fill in the blank test. Life is a fill in the blank test. You know, on your tombstone, you're going to see the entrance date. You're going to see a blank and you gonna and you don't know your exit date. So you have the information of when you were born, whether you were born in the 80s, the 90s, which is a context clue of what you should be doing. Martin Luther King can't have no dream about young, young black boys and white boys playing together now. <laughs> you know, that's already happened. It's already integrated. The time for which you were born gives you a clue of what you should be doing. Ain't no way you born and living right now and don't realize technology's divide. <laughs> like, hey, you, you'd be crazy to be thinking that a typewriter, I'm gonna bring that typewriter back, bro. That VCR is, is what it's gonna be. The time you were born gives you a clue of what you should be doing. And then the unknown of when you're leaving forces you to get intentional about asking the right question to fill in your blank. What should I be doing? <laughs> and who should I be doing with? Like, like really think about it. Cause it, write this down every day. Come on, write this down, write this down. It's so powerful every day. Every day is school. Every day is school. Like every single day is gonna teach you something. The people that you meet, the information, the information you learn, the people you're around, like you're in the morning meetup, every day is school. It's gonna teach you something to fill in that blank between the two dates of your birth and your death. You cannot afford to go full 24 hours and leave answers blank. Like you can't skip. Today is what a 10, 11, 10, 12, whatever the date is. You can't leave 10, 12 blank. Like to go all day and, and, and the only thing you can feel is what you scrolled on social media. You can't afford to go multiple days and leave it blank without any context clue of what you should have done, who you should have interacted with, what information you should have taken in. Because what people are gonna really buy and what, what success really is, is your ability to keep your word to yourself. What did I set out to do? And did I like internally, am I in alignment? Did I keep my word to me and reflect that to others? Is everybody getting this? This dash between two dates piece. All right, let's let's flow, let's flow harder with it then. Let's let's dig into if we're gonna flow harder into it and dig into this whole piece. The 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 idea and concept of this dash between two dates, what you have to do early as possible is visit the future. You have to visit the future frequent and often freaking and often what do i mean mentally if you don't visit the future and get a picture of what of not what you will accomplish but who you'll be when you arrive you literally live you live your life lost you literally have to visit the future frequent and often why and why do i say visit the future to make an emotional connection to it to where you actually care more about the future and you make decisions today with the future in mind Say it one more time. You mentally visit the future. Where am I? What am I doing? Who's with me? What type of person am I? What does day-to-day -day life look like? Like right now, I'm living in what I pictured years ago. All I wanted was time, freedom, and location independence. That was it. I wanted to own all of my time that I didn't have to sell it in order to take care of myself. Like that in essence is what a job does. A job markets to people that need the money more than they need their time and they buy your time for a fraction of the cost, right? Because you need the money more than you need the time, you sell your time, they buy it at a fraction of the cost for you to be able to produce results. I knew if I wanted to live the life that I wanted, 
I got to visit the future frequent and often, and I want it time, freedom, location, independence. Now, I want to stop selling my time. I cannot think about how much money I want to make. I've got to think about the person I'm going to become that is going to attract resources. Now, Jen hit me, what was that, two weeks ago, Jen? Whenever you were sick. I was in Mexico for two weeks. Came back to Atlanta for three days, shot back out, and been in Miami since last Wednesday. I realized when it hit me, all I need is all I need is Wi-Fi, internet, whatever the case may be. I'm living in the future of what I saw 2010 when I was at Florida State University working my butt off. <laughs> and I kept trying to say I want time, freedom, location, independence. Now, here's a powerful thing I'm going to say to you. At Florida State, I remember trying to show up early, stay late, and please don't hear this as the whole job entrepreneurship piece. This is mindset piece. Remember being at Florida State, and I was like, yo, I got to figure out a way to get them to pay me more money. I need time freedom. Like, I need to own all of my time where I don't have to sell any of it to sustain my life. And I want to be location independent. I can live anywhere. At Florida State, working my butt off, I remember one year, they was talking about how the company had made all this money and they were going to hand out bonuses, but they were going to select who they would give it to. Now, I played a major part in that. <laughs> and at the end of the day, I think I was at like 40-something thousand at the height of, height of my career there, 50-something. I'm an operations manager. I went from entry-level position to operations manager in less than a year. And, I, and I'm 50,000. Now, follow this. I leave Florida State in 2014 and moved to Atlanta. I write my first book, go on to write 23 books in three and a half months, put out that first book. Now follow this, $50,000 for the whole year. The first weekend of launching my, my book, I made $20,000. So a thousand copies of a $20 book made $20,000. Went on tour and started selling more books and in less than three months had already made about $60,000 from a book. It hit me. That moment, I was mentally unemployable for that moment on because I realized that what took me three weeks to, to match my salary all the first weekend making 20 was more than they would have paid me for the whole year. Now, it wasn't about money. Don't miss this. It wasn't about money. It hit me and gave me a clue of Florida. Some people will say that job was cheating you. Yeah, they were taking advantage of you. You was making them rich. Nah, most people don't make jobs rich. They're keeping themselves from being broke because you don't do enough. You don't do enough work to make the job rich. Right. <laughs> right. So let's keep it funky. But here's what I realized. Florida State, for what I was doing and for my gift and for the environment I was in, I was only worth that to that company. I was only worth $30,000, $50,000 to there. But the moment I found the environment I was supposed to be in and start pursuing what I saw when I visited the future, I'm, my salary and my income was uncapped. I never had $100,000 a month working at Florida State, but I've had several when I stepped outside of that and moved into a space that was that that is the mirror effect that looks like how I saw me in the future. Does that make sense? So when I start, let me give y'all a heavy bar. I was trying not to go here, but y'all interrupted me in the middle of my devotional and prayer time. So I got to go here. All right. Excuse me. Like this, if you don't like making money online and don't like, don't like Jesus, I'm not your boy. Okay. So here, here go the thing. Human beings are the only people I know that leave their original environment and pray for God to provide for them. I'm going to say it one more time. Human beings are the only people I know, only thing God ever created that leave the original environment and then pray for God to provide for them. A fish don't leave the water and ask God how it's going to eat. 
A bird don't leave, the sky that's how it's gonna eat. No animal ever made leaves their original environment and then look for provision. We're the only people that leave purpose to pursue a paycheck and wonder how we are gonna provide for ourselves. What's going on family, David Chance. I wanna give you a special invitation to The Morning Meetup, themorningmeetup.com. It is the only organization that gathers every single morning, Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, and we help you learn entrepreneurship, grow as an entrepreneur, become an entrepreneur, or you just get to be in an environment, a network of all entrepreneurs. Literally hundreds of entrepreneurs gather on a Zoom call every single morning, Monday through Friday, okay? So I wanna give you a special invitation to help grow your business and your brand all this year, okay? Every single day, you eat every day for the for your health, you brush your teeth every, every day for your hygiene. I need you to learn and grow every single day um, for your mindset, okay? So make sure you go to themorningmeetup.com. It is only $1 um, trial. You don't need a promo code, just go one dollar the morning meetup.com check it out if you like us stay if not after that it's 79 dollars a month but i'm pretty sure you're gonna enjoy yourself okay so go to the morning meetup.com i love y'all see you in the morning it should be a clue to you did y'all catch it should be a clue to you that just like a fish and i'm gonna give you this heavy example fishing is one of the top relaxation pastimes what fishing really is and this is this is for you entrepreneurs from mindset what fishing because this is going to help you and free you from social media and all that what fishing really is is relaxation to the person that is fishing it is trauma to the fish that is being fought what a, what the fisher is trying to do is pull the fish out of its original environment the fish needs the water to live and the man is trying to pull the fish out of its environment it is the fight over environment this is what life is Life is the fight over environment, that people are gonna use bait, whatever that internal thing is that they can attract you with to pull you out of your environment and get you into theirs. This is what social media does. Whatever a person believes, you ever notice that the person who believes in email marketing makes email marketing the number one thing. If you believe in text message marketing, you make text message marketing the number one thing if you believe in ads. So whatever you, they believe, and there's nothing wrong with that, their core philosophy, brand promise and brand story is to get you to believe what they believe. That's indoctrination within marketing. Now, if you don't know who you are, the bait of an appealing lifestyle marketing is going to pull you out your environment and move you into one week you're doing podcasts, next week you're doing this, the next week you're doing this, the next week you're doing this, and you don't realize just like the fish struggles and fights because it knows it loses oxygen outside of its environment, great marketing online is going to pull you out of your environment and you're going to struggle to survive. You're going to wonder why is it so hard to get this result? When you're in purpose, it ain't hard. Life is easy when you find your purpose, when you find your environment, when you find your tribe. What you're going to need in order to be successful in business, you don't just need people that you enjoy physically hanging around with. You need intellectual companionship. I'll say it one more time. You need intellectual companionship and partnership. You don't just need people you can hang out with, you need people you can think with. Where does big thought, come on, let me, let, me, let me give an example. Let's say the person for Uber is like, yo, I got this idea, bro. And he's explaining and lift. Where does a big thought, like those type of thoughts, what type of tribe does it hang with? Like you need a tribe for your mind to think your highest thought and to, and to discuss the future. 
and to be and to have people that help you and support you and rally around it. If you don't have intellectual companionship, even in any type of partner, I'm just talking not just talking about relationship. You would hate for people that make you laugh, keep you company, talk money, but leave your mind lonely. <laughs> your mind, like your mind, your you are you are thinking at an altitude of fifty thousand feet. You do know that planes only go to about thirty thousand. Only people like the president and private jets can fly at that altitude because they're going faster. The higher the altitude, the faster you fly. Most people are not around a tribe of intellectual partnership or companionship that allows their mind to fly at an altitude that they get there faster. I'm gonna say it one more time. The higher the altitude, the faster you can fly. So you know when you're in a plane, we're flying at 30,000 feet, normally it's somewhere in the 30,000s because of the weight that's on the plane. <laughs> Uh, you no air traffic controller will allot a big plane with 200, 300 seats, an Airbus in the air to fly higher than 30,000 feet. Very rare is 40,000 because it will not fly as fast. That's why a private jet gets to its destination faster because it has less weight and it is allotted a higher altitude. You need intellectual partners, people you can think your highest thought with and they now create a space that does not abort it. You need people that are gonna see your thoughts, your ideas, and who you are as a person as a sonogram and not a photograph. They don't freeze you in the moment that they met you and keep saying, remember when we used to? But they see you as a sonogram and get excited about your growth. Hold on, Marcus, it's too early, bro. It's too early, it's too early. <laughs> Slow down, bro. Slow down. Let us write <laughs> something first, okay? It's, not, it's too early for all this, man. It's so okay. I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. When I'm talking about intellectual partners, this is the frustration of people. This is why it's hard. Like, imagine that. This is why it's hard for people to feel as if they're breathing, feel as if things are easy. That's why it feels tough. It feels tight. Not because you don't have people around you, because you don't have intellectual companionship and partnership, it brings stress. So I, I'm saying you don't need people around you that see you as a photograph, frozen in the moment that they met you. Met, they met you struggling or they met you on the rise. They met, met you building and they don't respect you. They don't respect the future because they don't see it. So they'll call you while you're in the middle of building and filming your podcast and say, man, let's just go to do such, such, such. Man, I'm filming my podcast. Man, you can do that later because they don't see it as big as you see it yet. <laughs> if they saw the future, they wouldn't tell you to stop doing what you're working on to do, to, to do nothing with them. You need people around you that see you as a sonogram. What is a sonogram? A mother and a father gets excited seeing an embryo, seeing something move with the excitement of what the child can become. They get excited about the child's growth. Every season of the child life, look at that boy getting bigger. Look at that girl getting taller. Friends that really see you as a sonogram get excited about and celebrate your incremental growth. They don't force you to stay like the photograph of what they knew you as. Did we catch that? That's why I love David Shands. He always on to the next. When I met him, he was at a kiosk. But everybody knew that he was bigger than the kiosk and what he was doing was bigger than selling shirts. My man set up shop in the mall that the shirts was a disguise to give coaching, to teach the whole world how to build a brand, to build relationships. He was already doing the morning meetup for the whole day from nine to nine at the mall. <laughs> now he does it for an hour a day, which is easy because he was doing it for 10 to 12 hours a day. 
it's already doing it. So what, what's five days a week, 20, 20 hours a month in comparison to six, seven days a week at the mall? He was already doing it. All right, I, I, I got a little bit of time. So now I got to give you this concept of the entrepreneur GPA. Y'all still with me? Thumbs up, we good? It's all mindset. Wrong questions always equal wrong answers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about intellectual partners. Now let's dig into the entrepreneur GPA, right? Let's get this grading scale going, right? Now I'm going to give you uh, the GPA. I, I created an acronym for it. Like shout out, shout out to, to Ms. Ms. Young. It, this is all your fault. You're the reason for this. This is your fault. You, it's a math problem in the mindset. This is your fault. You, you gave this, okay? <laughs> the entrepreneurship GPA. I want to give this acronym. This is going to be goals, paper, and action. Goals, paper, and action. Goals, paper. Y'all know what paper is. Bread, ducats, skrilla, luda, duck, ducats, <laughs> fatty, cheese, wherever you're from. <laughs> goals, paper, action, goals, paper, action. Let me give the framework so you get it. it. When we talk about goals, paper, action, most people start with the action, the movement. But if you have action without a clear goal, you would hate to pursue and run behind something and arrive there and realize that in it is not what you were, want, you were wanting. So you thought it was about money, but what you inherited was problems or something that you didn't want to do. That's why most businesses don't last and why people change up every two to three years because they, they took an action before they created the goal. So we first need a clear goal of the specifics of what do I want in my future? Then we know in terms of paper, money is an easy thing, right? Just like gravity, what goes up must come down. Money is always going to be easy and attracted to an idea executed and value delivered to someone. If I can execute an idea, deliver value that solves a problem, it is the, it is the consequence of executing an idea and solving a problem that money comes. Like a positive consequence. I never have to worry about money. Like it's the reaction just like gravity. If I can come up with an idea that is connected to solving a problem and adding value to people, money is the reaction to that. So money's easy. So paper's easy. So we got goals. Everybody got it. Goals, paper, action. Goals, paper, action. Goals, paper, action. Goals, paper, action. Now, let's do this grading scale. What's an F student? <laughs> What's an F student? Let me take a sip of my water and give you this. What's an F student? An F student is what I like to call a habit addict a habit addict. Let me type that in the chat for y'all. Habit addict. Ooh, y'all, Marlon, you own it. Man, I'm trying to tell you. A habit addict. Now, here's what a habit addict is. You don't run your life, your habits do. A habit addict is a person that is worse than a drug addict because they will do anything that they possibly can to get a hit of their habit. If their habit is procrastination, they will do anything, build a life around the ability to feel comfortable getting a hit of the habit that makes them feel the best. <laughs> See, the F student entrepreneur is a person that you love the habit more than you love family, more than you love money, but you say the thing that you want is your business to build. But you love the habit that you have that sabotages your business more than you love the business because you'll do whatever it takes to get a hit of the habit over pursuing the, pursuing the dream. What do you mean? 
You will even make up a scenario in your head. I work better under pressure. No, you don't. You just procrastinate. <laughs> you don't work better under pressure. You know, I want those people that, that you know what I'm saying, I, I can multitask well. You do know that there's no such thing as multitasking. The term was created to describe a CPU unit when computers got really popular. Based on how fast they would move from task to task, that the term multitasking had to do with a computer. Humans don't multitask. If you are in a deep conversation, you can't even walk at the same speed and talk on the phone. <laughs> you notice that it forces you to slow down? You ever notice that if you're driving and talking about something serious and you park it, hold on real quick, let me park. You can't even do those tasks and talk on the phone. You don't multitask. Multitasking is nothing more than the ability to mess up two things at a time. <laughs> but because you are in habit at it and you're failing and, make, and you're an F student in this entrepreneur GPA, you have now created a world that makes you feel as if the habit you created that is sabotaging your success, you're so addicted to doing it that you created a world that embraced it. You know, I'm a perfectionist. Perfectionism is nothing more than, than procrastination in disguise. <laughs> oh, perfectionism is procrastination in disguise because you cannot learn from your education. You only learn once you actually execute something and create a standard for it. You can only perfect what you execute. You actually educate, you execute something, you create a standard of what you'll do better and you keep perfecting what you did, not what you thought. So when people say, I'm a perfectionist, you can't be a perfectionist if you're taking no action. You can only perfect what's been done. <laughs> because what you do creates the standard for what you do better. So to the people who Google and write down notes and goals and visions, yeah, I got it all over my wall. It's, 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 you can't execute and you can't perfect it on your wall. You can only perfect it when you do it. Okay, F students, habit addicts, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you, you got any more of that procrastination, bro? <laughs> oh. You know, I'm just not a morning person. <laughs> okay, moving right along, I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh, D students, D students, I gotta move, I gotta move. D students, y'all ready? Y'all did it, y'all ready? D students are what I call emotional hoarders. Emotional hoarders. Emotional hoarders. Now this is dangerous for the entrepreneur because every entrepreneur will have failed ideas and failed businesses and failed opportunities, failed conferences. You're gonna have webinars that no one show up for. You're gonna have events that no one sign up for. If you are an emotional hoarder, you hoard the emotion of that failure and create a limiting belief. Mm, mm, mm. That was so powerful. You hoard the emotion of the embarrassment you felt. Your friends showed up and they're like, girl, it's okay. And inside of your heart and your mind is this idea and it starts spilling out of your mouth and you say, well, people ain't really buying stuff like that. No, people are. They just didn't buy it from you the first time. And because you hoarded that emotion, Okay, that was my 30 minutes. Because you hoarded that emotion, because you hoarded that emotion, it creates a limiting belief, self-sabotaging behavior, horrible verbal affirmations that you start saying what it will be and it is opposite of the vision of your future. If you are an emotional hoarder with entrepreneurship, you, my friend, are your own hater. 
<laughs> if now, if this is the, let me let me give you some clues. Emotional hoarding. Let me read the fine print. Emotional hoarding may cause people who verbally say, "I don't want to feel like a, I don't want to do too much." <laughs> if you've ever said to yourself, "I don't want to do too much," and it has prevented you from promoting your business, asking for the sale, charging enough, you, my friend, are an emotional hoarder. Nobody, no one that is really doing business has ever told you you're doing too much. You told your, you've never verbally heard someone say that, but you have mentally heard you say it so much that you think that people are saying it. Mm. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I'm gonna start at $37 and then I'm gonna upsell them. So you think it's easy to acquire a customer, sell them, charge less, and then get them to pay more? No. Let me give you an example. I own two Teslas Corvette, right? It ain't about the cars. Please hear this. If I said to you, man, I'm just, I just want to get rid of my Model S because I want to upgrade. I'm going to sell it for $5,000. You wouldn't think I was generous. You would think, what's wrong with it? You think by charging less, people would think you're generous and you just want to add value. But instead, they think, what's wrong with it? Now, why did you arrive at that price? Because you've emotionally hoarded an emotion of failure or an idea of limiting belief that now makes you a D student. You're failing at this entrepreneurship. Okay, I got to move. I only got a few minutes. Oh, I think I got to turn this into like a mental, a mindset course. I got to turn this into something. You're welcome for the mental real estate. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. See, students. This is gonna be hard. I'm probably not gonna to get to B and A. I'm gonna be done after this. See students, those that are creative junkies, creative junkies. Now, why do I, a creative junkie, a creative junkie. Now, why do I call this the C student? Because with a C you're passing. So the creative junkie on the surface, because you can come up with so many ideas and do things so well and so fast, it looks like success because with everything you do, it turns into income, but you never really build something or see it through. So a C student is passing, but they're not reaching their potential. See, that's the danger of a C student. They make enough money, but not enough money to scale. They make enough money to buy a few things, they, they, to be in full-time entrepreneurship, but not enough to fully grow and build a business. So on the surface, yeah, you full-time entrepreneur, but it could be much bigger, much brighter, much wider. The creative junkie, that is that person that I'll give this concept and then I'm done. I can't even do B and A. The creative junkie battles between the, this, this piece of who we all are inside of all of us. I got to say this fast. Y'all still with me? This cool? Y'all good? Inside of all of us is these three humanistic characteristics. You have the educator, the executor, the examiner, the educator, the executor, the examiner. The educator, the executor, Marlon, you got to flow with me on that one so they can get it so I can move on. The, ed the educator, the executor, the examiner. Now, here's what that looks like. The educator knows what it needs to do, what it wants to do. It has, it has knowledge connected to a skill set. So the educator has cognitive awareness where you'll hear the word funnel and you're aware of it, but you don't really know completely what it is. So you talk jargon and you are aware of the term, but not completely educated enough to execute on the skill set. So on the surface, we can talk about it on social media, but underneath the surface, we're not skilled enough to market it, to sell it, and to build a company around it. So the educator is cognitively aware. 
Make sense? Make sense? Cognitive aware. So you know what you need to do. The executor is the part of you that actually take action. So the educator will say, I need to start working on my business. I need to film five podcasts. The educator in you is the one that writes down a to-do list. The executor in you is the one that actually does the to-do list. You got that? And the examiner in you is the one who looks and views the work and feels good about what you've done and keep doing it. Now, the problem with this is a creative junkie gets a high on activity. So they started with action instead of goals, passion, action. So the creative junkie feels comfortable creating content, but avoids doing the task that really needs to be done. So it's cool to create social media content, but Dave will say, hey, do the YouTube. Well, you don't get an immediate like and comment and feedback from YouTube. And because I'm a creative junkie, I need to feel the hit of likes and comments and feedback. So I would rather, I would avoid the things I need to do <laughs> to do the things that feels good that I'm getting hit right away. So I can't build for my future because I build for the present because I get immediate feedback. Now it's good to say, now please hear this. I was a creative junkie. Please hear this. And one year I wrote 23 books, created five, created five coaching programs and three audio albums. It's, you can find it. It's on Spotify. It's on iTunes. When Greatness Calls, When the Day Motivational Mixtape and the Heart Diary Soundtrack in one year. That's a lot of creativity. Wouldn't you agree? Five coaching programs, 23 books, and three audio albums, and an audio book in one year. Well, the issue with that is, how do you brand that to get brand consistency? You can't. You can't even grow a company around it. So on the surface, if you when you heard it, you're like, man, 23 books? Man, three audio albums, an audio book? Yeah, but it's horrible because it's all over the place. A confused buyer is not a buyer. The more questions they have about who you are and what you do, the less transactional. So I can't build a company. I couldn't build the company that I have now with 10 employees able to have location independence because every day I'm coming up with new things. I'm done. I'm done. I'll Yo, just first, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yo, I did not bring you on here to fight and offend my, my friends, bro. <laughs> like, yo, that like you're like that's a that's a terrible guess. You gonna come over here and fight everybody on? In the, in the morning meetup, that's what you're doing. Might as well say be. Yo, Mark. Okay, so now, now it just here's the thing. Okay, I think you've you put yourself in a box, man, because there's absolutely no way you can't not come next week because you left you left us with a cliffhanger, and I were I refuse to do my friends like that. Okay, so I just got to get a public a public confession that you will come back next week and give us A and B. I got you, bro. I got you. <laughs> Come join the most amazing live mentorship and accountability group for entrepreneurs every morning. Let's go. The, the, the Morning Meetup. Do you have a business idea you need to get off the ground? Do you currently work a nine to five and are looking for supplemental income? Come and network with like-minded individuals and take your business to the next level. Every morning from 8 to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time with David Shand and friends. Try The Morning Meetup today for just $1. Head over to themorningmeetup.com. That's themorningmeetup.com. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. 
We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.